all the mothers watching online, this is uh, your special day, and happy Mother's Day to you tomorrow. Thank you for being Camden's mother. She couldn't ask for such a, a selfless mother, and so thankful that you're my wife and Camden's mother. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, man, you know, Mother's Day is a happy day, but for some, it can be a day of not so happy moments. I know for me, it's been 14 years uh, since my mom passed away, and this is the 13th year of not having her here for Mother's Day. So I just want to honor my mom. Just thank you for her many prayers. I'll talk to her about her in a little bit in the message, but just want to honor my mom, Marion Span. I love you, mom. I think about you every single day. And uh, this is Mother's Day. And uh, man, women are, are so special. There is nothing in the world like a mother's love. And I was just thinking and reflecting on that, that there's nothing like a mother's love, but I want to open up uh, this morning with a story. Y'all want to hear a story? Yes. I found this on the internet, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I thought it was good. All right, so it says, a man came home from work one afternoon and found his three small children outside, still in their pajamas, playing in the mud. Some of their toys were scattered across the lawn and on the driveway. The door of his wife's car was wide open, and so was the front door of their house. Surprised at this, he rushed in and was confronted with evidence of complete disarray. A lamp had been knocked over, the TV was loudly blaring on a cartoon, a cartoon station, and the family room was littered with toys and children's clothing. He went into the kitchen, the sink was full of dirty dishes, Breakfast food had been spilled on the counter, the refrigerator door was open, and dog food was scattered all over the floor. Very concerned now the fear and fearing the worst, he frantically began looking for his wife, heading up the stairs, stepping over toys and more piles of clothes as he went. He was worried she might have been ill or something serious had happened to her. Rushing into the bedroom, he saw her. Still in her pajamas, she lay there curled up in their bed reading a novel. She looked up, smiled at him, and asked him, how was your day? Completely bewildered, he looked at her and asked, what happened here today? Again, she smiled and then answered, you know, every day when you come home, you ask me, what in the world do you do all day long? Yes, he said. She answered, well, today, I didn't do it. You'll get that in a second, if it went over your head. But let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this moment. I pray, Lord God, over the next few moments as we go into the word of God, that you will speak clearly to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you are still trying to process what that story meant, but it's okay. You'll get it probably at lunchtime. It'll click. But, but, uh, but all the notes are on uh, our app. You can download the app. You can follow along on our app. But Today's message that I want to uh, share with you guys today is called A Mother's Request. A Mother's Request. So if you're taking notes, you can take notes and follow along. But just because it's called A Mother's Request, this is a message for everybody. So don't just feel like, oh, he's talking about mother, so I'm a man, or I'm not a mother, so I could just tune out. Nope. This is a message for everybody. All right? Say, so I'm everybody. So this is for you. So this is for you. For me, I should say. This is for you. Okay. This is a message for everybody. And we're going to uh, start, and this is where we're going to be for Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 23. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 23. And I'm reading from the NLT. 
It says, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on her left. But Jesus answered by, say, by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from the, my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And every time I read that story, I'm always kind of like, wow, what was their mother thinking? <clears throat> but then the more that I started to think about that scenario, I started to realize a little bit more and try to understand where she's coming from. So on this Mother's Day, I want you to step into the mind of a mother. And, what, and when we read that passage, what would make that lady ask Jesus, can my son sit on your left and on your right in your kingdom? Like what in the world would ask her to ask that question? But to understand why she would ask that question, you'd have to understand that she knew who Jesus was and she knew Jesus' teachings. So she knew the right person to ask. But really what made her, I believe, now this is not about, this is just my belief. What really made her ask that question is at the beginning of the chapter, in chapter 20, Jesus tells a parable. He tells a parable of a landowner that goes out early in the morning and he hires workers to work his field. And he agrees upon a wage for them to work. And then the Bible goes on to say that at 9 o'clock, he hired more people. And then at noon, he hired more people. At 3 o'clock, he hired more people. At 5 o'clock, he hired more people. And then at the end of the day, when he called the foreman and all of them came together to get paid, and he started with the last one first, and he gave them their pay. Then he started with the ones that he hired early in the morning, and they received the same pay. And so they were like, wait a minute. How come we get paid the same amount as the ones that only work one hour? And Miss Zebedee, she heard that story. So to me, what she was thinking was she heard that parable. She knew that her sons were walking closely with Jesus, and she knew that he was the Messiah and that he was going to heaven. And she was saying, well, if my sons are doing all this work, will there be a spot in the kingdom for them? Will, will, will they have a spot in the kingdom? I mean, he's telling the parable about this, what, but my sons, they're with Jesus. They see all the things that he's done. So I need to ask him, can you please make sure that my sons are on their left, on your left and right when you go into your kingdom? Because they're doing all this work, and I don't want them to miss out. I, I want them to be where you are. Matthew says that she bowed before him and made this request. When you establish your kingdom, please let my sons sit in a place of authority and honor on your right and your left. Now, we may criticize her for being bold, but I believe that we can learn some things from her today. We can learn some things from her request this morning as we read along. She recognized who Jesus was, but guess what? Jesus didn't grant her request, but he also didn't deny it. All he said was, that's not up for me to decide, that's for my father to decide who would sit on the left and the right. But he didn't deny her, but he didn't answer it either. And we will look a little bit further and get into the mind and understand a little bit further where she was coming from. So today I want to give you three points on what we can learn from Ms. Zebedee's and a mother's request. 
The first thing that we can learn from her is this, is that, and uh, that all mothers and all people can learn from this, is that she wanted her sons to be a part of his kingdom. She wanted her son to be a part of his kingdom. First of all, she came to the Lord asking him, may her sons be a part of his kingdom. I can think of no more important task of, a mother, of motherhood than that, to, take, to seek to ensure that your children are a part of the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things that motherhood can bring, but I can't think of any other greater joy for a mother than to see her children flourishing in the kingdom of God. Because that is the most important treasure that we can have. I know mothers pray all the time. Some mothers pray out of necessity. Some mothers pray because motherhood is not easy. It can be extremely difficult. Or sometimes they pray because it's just frustrating all the time. But mothers pray. And I remember when I first got saved, I, I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom. And she began to tell me how much she began to pray for me. Especially when I was away from the Lord because I was into some crazy stuff. And I can only imagine how frustrating and how worried she was for me. And she began to pray. But not only did she begin to pray, but she began to pray that I would have a purpose in the kingdom of God. She began to tell me, she's like, I, I was praying that you would do, some, like, do awesome things for the Lord because I believe God wants to do awesome things through your life. And as I'm sitting there listening to her talk, I didn't know what that meant. I was just happy that I wasn't living that life I was living. So I was like, thank you for your prayers. But what she was saying was that I, there was something greater that I had in store for your life than the way that you were living. And that is the prayer of every mother that I know is that they pray great prayers for their children. You know, being a parent isn't easy. Sometimes it's filled with great joy. Sometimes with great sadness. Sometimes your children make you so proud. And other times you want to lay your hands on them and pray the blessing of God. But that ain't the blessing I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I can understand the feeling of a mother of three when, when someone asked her, if you had to do it all over again, would you still want children? She said, yes, but not the same ones. Again, some of y'all get that another day. But again, being a parent, it isn't easy. It's difficult. But Ms. Zebedee, she gives us a valuable example, for she asks earnestly for her sons to be a part of his kingdom. That's what we can learn from her this morning, is that the greatest prayer that you can pray for your children is for them to be a part of God's kingdom. She wanted that. She wanted them to be a part of God's kingdom. We need the same concern for our children. What good is it if our children are successful making money, driving fancy cars, living in good neighborhoods, but they don't know God, that they don't live for God? What matters if they gain the whole world but lose their soul in the process? We need to pray that our children are a part of his kingdom. I hope that in every heart of every mother and father this morning is that the burden to go to the throne room of God to pray for your children, to pray that they will be saved, to save from an eternal damnation and saved to eternal life. That is the place to begin. So what do I, I start by praying for them to be a part of the kingdom and also that they will be uh, saved from eternal damnation and be a part of eternal life forever. That's where we began to pray. That's the first thing that we can learn from Ms. Zebedee this morning is that she wanted her sons to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? What's the second thing that we can learn from her? She wanted her sons to be actively involved in the work of the kingdom. So not only did she want them to be involved in the kingdom or a part of the kingdom, she wanted them to be actively involved in the kingdom. 
She asked him, she was, she asked him, Jesus, maybe uh, it's not good enough for my sons just to be saved. Maybe it's not good enough just for my sons to know who you are, Jesus, because that's good. But for some people, or for some of us, church people can get content with being, with just, be, just being able to fill a pew each and every Sunday morning. That's just, I'm just, I made it to church this morning. That's good enough for me. But I believe that God wants you to be actively involved in his kingdom. God wants you to, to not just sit back and receive the blessings, but he wants you to get involved in the real work of the church. He wants you to be actively involved. So where does the spirit of service begin to say, I want to be actively involved in the kingdom of God? It starts in the home. That's the first place it begins. It begins with the parents setting the example and praying that their sons and daughters might be involved in the work of the kingdom as teachers and leaders, discipling others, heading up outreaches, doing the work of the kingdom of God. That should be our prayer and the example that we set for our children because she saw that what an impact that, her, that uh, following Jesus and being actively involved in the kingdom was making on her sons that she said, I want to throw my life into this as well. She said, I want them to be actively involved in the kingdom of God because they were fishermen by trade. The dad was as well. But then one day they met Jesus, and then they were uh, not just a part of his kingdom, but they were actively involved in the kingdom. And there's two separate things. You can be saved, and then you can be saved but actively involved in building the kingdom. And I'm thankful that I'm saved, but I'm even more thankful that I'm actively involved in building the kingdom of God. Because it brings so much satisfaction, so much joy when I know that, man, the work that I'm doing is helping building the kingdom of God. It's not just for me, but it's for so many other people that will come right now and even from years later that I don't even know. That we're setting the groundwork, the blueprint for those that will come generations behind us, the children that are downstairs. That what we're doing is we're setting the example for them to follow that one day they could grow up and say, I want to be actively involved in the kingdom of God. Because I remember uh, Miss Shina downstairs when she was working with us. I want to be like that when I grow up. I saw Miss Rochelle up there singing, and I want to sing for God when I get older. And there's so many roles that we could play that children in the next generation can see that I need to be a part of the kingdom of God. I need to be actively involved in building the kingdom. Amen? So the first thing we learned, she wanted her sons to be a part of his kingdom. Second thing, she wanted her sons to be actively involved in the work of the kingdom. And the third and the final thing she did was she had big expectations. She had big expectations. When you're working in the kingdom, there is no higher positions than those on the right and the left of the king himself. And that's where she wanted her sons. She didn't want them to, Lord Jesus, can my sons please be doorkeepers in your kingdom? Can they just be the person that just, welcome? and there's nothing wrong with greeters. But she didn't ask for her sons to be greeters. She said, I want them to be on your left and on your right. What is that? That is a bold request. That's big expectations. That's a bold request to come before God and say, Jesus, and say, I need my sons to be at your right and your left. The highest positions in the kingdom is to be the great confidant, to be right next, working beside the king himself. She, that's the expectations that she had for her sons. This is the what I want. She didn't just ask for them to be doorkeepers. She said, Jesus, put them on your left and your right. And we may consider her request brash or presumptuous, but I admire her boldness. Too often people are settled with mediocrity in the church. For so long, we have been content with just barely making it through the door and just sitting back and letting things happen. But she said, no, I'm not just going to sit back and letting things happen. I'm going to make some bold requests. 
So what does that say for us? That means that we need to come before Jesus in his presence and make some bold requests. Lord, I thank you for what I have now, but I know that there's more that I can do for you. Open up doors where I can do more for your kingdom. And when we begin to declare, Lord, I thank you that my family members are saved. I thank you, Lord God, that my husband that was, that's not following you, that he will come back to you and that he will serve you. My children that are estranged, that are not away from you, I pray that they will come back. And we begin to make bold requests and bold expectations for Jesus in his presence. Amen. It's time for some of us to take our positions on the right and on the left and become leaders in the church, mobilizing, uh, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ across the, uh, the, the, the city and our neighborhoods. The Lord has called us to be his disciples and to be effective laborers in his kingdom. What is it? That's a bold expectation. Some of us just, oh, I'm just thankful I'm saved. That is great. But Jesus calls you to be disciples and followers of him. What does that mean? That means we have to get to work. That means we should have expectations of doing awesome things for God and not just saying, well, I'm just happy to receive. It's great to receive, but go share that with other people. Go share that with someone else that you know that is hurting. Go share that with someone else that you know that is lost. What is that? That's put in expectation. I don't know what to say. It don't matter. He says that when you get in the presence of others, he'll give you the words to say. Don't, Don't worry about what to say. You just be bold enough just to step out and expect God to do something. And guess what happens? He will do it. How many times have you stepped out on faith and didn't know what you were doing or didn't know what to say, but all of a sudden it turned out and worked for your good? You said, well, I don't know how that happened. It's because you stepped out on faith and you trust God. And when you trust him and you have big expectations, guess what? He meets those expectations. But if you don't have expectations, he has nothing to pull from. When there's no big expectation, God has nothing to say, well, I don't see any audacious faith. I don't see any faith that I could draw from. So until they come to me in a place of desperation and expectation, I can't move in their life like they want me to. And that leaves us in a place of frustration with God. God, why are you not doing stuff? Well, have you asked him? Have you put an expectation on him for him to move? Have you showed your faith where he can say, now I have something to work with. Now I want to move on your behalf. But we have to say, God, I have big expectations. She had big, think about that. She said, I want them on your left and your right. Your left and your right. I want them to be next to you forever in your kingdom. That's big expectations. Man, that's some good, some good, uh, some good stuff right there. Expectations. Man, that word expectations. I believe some of us, because things don't happen in our time and we lose expectation in God. We stop expecting him to do stuff. Well, God, I've been believing for this for so long, and it hadn't happened, so I don't, I don't think you care. I, I don't think you hear me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. You truly understand what I'm going through. He knows everything that we're going through. He's just waiting for you to put your expectation and your hope in him and trust him again. Amen? I suppose that's why today is so special, because we recognize that a mother's love is probably the closest example of to what we have to God's love. It is a love that goes through the valley of the shadow of death to bring life into being. It is a love that sacrifices itself over and over again and would even lay down its life for its own offspring. There's nothing greater than a mother's love. And I'm a father and I love my child, but I know that there is nothing like a mother's love. I know the love that my mom had for us and her children, and there is nothing like a mother's love. 
So I want to close with this story, and this is a true story. Uh, this is a story told of World War II and the Holocaust that took the lives of millions and of the family of Solomon Ros uh, Rosenberg and his family. Solomon Ro Rosenberg, his wife and their two sons, his mother and father were arrested and placed in a Nazi concentration camp. It was a labor camp, and the rules were simple. As long as you can do your work, you are permitted to live. When you become too weak to do your work, you will be exterminated. Rosenberg watched his mother and father marched off to their deaths, and he knew that next would be his youngest son, David, because David had always been a frail child. Every evening, Rosenberg came back into the barracks after his hours of labor and searched for the faces of his family. And when he found them, he would huddle they would huddle together, embrace one another, and thank God for another day alive. One day, Rosenberg came back and didn't see those familiar faces. He finally found his oldest son, Joshua, in the corner, huddled, weeping, and praying. He said, Josh, tell me it's not true. Joshua turned and said, it's true, Papa. Today, David was not strong enough to do his work, so they came for him. But where is your mother, asked Rosenberg. Oh, Papa, he said. When they came for David, he was afraid and he was crying. Mama said, there is nothing to be afraid of, David. And she took his hand and went with him. That is motherhood. Mothers, this is your day, and I pray that God blesses you. And I pray that if someone is here that has not experienced God's love, that they would experience it and know that he is here with you today. That if you feel like you've been walking alone, just know that there's someone that has walked through the valley of the shadow of death for you. Just know that Jesus is here. His love is extended for you, and he wants to welcome you. He wants you to know that you are not alone. He wants you to know just like that mother sacrificed her life to be with her son, that Jesus said, hey, I was the lamb that was slain. My life was sacrificed and ransomed for you. And on this Mother's Day, the greatest love that we have on earth is the mother's love. But Jesus says, I have a love even greater of that than that, my love. And his arm and his hands is extended, extended for you today. He wants you to receive his love. You watching online? Jesus wants you to receive his love this morning. His arms are open. His arms are extended waiting for you just to receive it and just to accept it. So I'm going to just ask, ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes this morning. Jesus, your presence is here. I thank you that it's touching each and every heart. And Lord, I pray in this moment that those that haven't experienced your love in a real and a true way, those that are going through a difficult time, that, Lord, that in this moment that they would experience your love. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the greatest display of love ever told, the greatest love story ever told, that you bankrupt heaven for us, that we may have relationship with you. And today, in his presence, he's extending an invitation. He's extending his arm for you to come out and to receive him this morning. So if you're in a room with no one looking around and you're watching online and you know that God is speaking to your heart and that you maybe served God at one point or turned away and you know that this morning he's calling you to come back. Or maybe you've never experienced the love of the Father for it at all and you know you're away from God and you say, man, today is the day 
that I want to surrender my life to God. I want to change my life around. I want to take a complete 180 from the way that I was living, and I want to surrender today because I want to experience the love of the Father. Just know that today is your moment. So with no one looking around all across the room, if you want to come into right relationship with God, just lift your hand, and I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You're watching along. This is your moment as well. And I want to pray for you as well. So I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your son Jesus dying on the cross for my sin. And I pray that in this moment that I receive your love, that I receive your forgiveness. And in return, I lay down my life. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness, for your mercy and grace. And today, I receive your love. I receive the embrace of the Father. And I thank you that you're moving in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you prayed that prayer, there's one thing I want you to do. In the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. But on the back, it says, I made a decision. Uh, you can fill that card out, drop it off in the offering bucket. We love to connect with you uh, throughout the week. And if you're watching online, uh, just let us know in the comment section. Drop in the comment se section, I made a decision. Or you can email us at info at newlifemobile.org. Info at newlifemobile.org. And we love to connect with you and pray with you and just hear what God did in your heart in this moment. But come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make. Amen. 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 Before we are dismissed with you guys online, I just want to give you a couple announcements. Uh, on Saturday, May 27th, we have our first serve day of the year. And what we're doing is we're going to actually give out free snowballs and lemonade. So if you would like to be a part of that, just let us know. You can email us again at info at newlifemobile.org. Let us know you would like to participate. We'd love for you to serve with us. Uh, we'll be out in the few, for a few hours in our community, just loving on them, praying on them, encouraging them, and giving them free snowballs and lemonade. And you know it's going to be hot, so there's going to be a lot of people there. So we could use your help. So that's Saturday, May 27th. We'll give you uh, specific times as we get a little closer to that date. But also, Kids Camp is coming up. That's June 12th through the 16th. And we are excited about Kids Camp. Kids, they have a great time. Uh, you can go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. You could go there. You could go to our Facebook page. Or you could go to our app to register for that event. And we have all the information age groups, uh, the cost, all the information, it'll be on those places on our website, on our Facebook page, and on our app. You could go there for more information. But also, we want to pray for those that are prepared to give online, and also to remind you about our Building New Life campaign. Uh, when we have some projects around our church that we want to partner with you guys and see and complete. This is a 68-year-old building, so there's a lot of things that need repair and maintenance and love. And so we have a special offering called Building New Life, uh, when you give, you could go to our, we our, our um, website. There's a link there, and you just click on the link that says Building New Life. So if you uh, want to prepare an offer, as, if whatever God has placed on your heart to give, you could give to that as well. 
but we're going to pray for the offering and the tithes for those that are prepared to give online, and then we'll dismiss from you guys. Lord, I thank you for the finances and the provision of your people. I pray that you bless them. Bless every area of your life. And I pray for those that are giving today, Lord God, the tithe and the offering. I pray that you would multiply it, that you would bless it, that you would bring increase, Lord God. And I bind the devourer, the thief that would try to come in and hinder or distract, Lord God. What you want to do through your people, I speak the blessing of God over each and every family today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We love to invite you out this Wednesday, 6.30 for prayer. And also join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship experience. Well, we love you guys. Have a great Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. And we will see you here next Sunday at 10 a.m. Amen. Oh, you need my mic. All right, guys. Well, why don't you come down?